Welcome back to the Stu Simpson Show. We've got something a little different for you today. Dan Jarvis, who got me onto the Camino de Santiago in the first place, interviewed me for his show, Camino Tips by Dan Jarvis. It's wonderful. So here is how it went. It's about me as an ADHDer on the Camino de Santiago. Hello, Dan. We eventually got it sorted. <laughs> it's just taken a while. <laughs> Stu, could you tell me maybe a bit about yourself and how you came to find out about the Camino? Uh, um, I'm Stuart Simpson. I'm a 44-year-old uh, man, uh, for, originally from Newcastle. Uh, I'm a film extra, and I first found out about the Camino via the film The Way, like a lot of people did, the film with um, Michael Sheen? Martin Sheen. Martin. Martin Sheen. Yeah. Uh, Emilio's dad. Uh, and it was just, it was a, it was a wonderful film. I watched it about 10, maybe 15 years or whatever, whenever it came out on DVD. And, uh, and I just loved the thing. And I thought that looks incredible. And then I thought that's 530 miles. Are you mad? <laughs> and I just dismissed the idea entirely. And then I was working on Marengo, um, which is coming out this year. Uh, NDA, oops. <laughs> so you can bleep that bit out if you want to. Um, and then I met you. And we were, I was sat on a tube and we were just talking, I was telling me about, about my podcast and the season was about spirituality. Um, and then you started talking about the Camino. I was like, oh, that's, I, want, I watched this movie, I wanted to do it, but it looks ridiculous. And then we just got talking. Then uh, you came on the podcast in a couple of days, well, actually the day after we did the podcast, I started seeing Camino signs everywhere. <laughs> So, like, I was in my, in my bathroom and I looked down in this bathroom that we had for years as a scallop shell. I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. The day after that, I was in Stratford in the shopping centre, I saw yellow arrows everywhere. And I'm like, okay, this is getting bizarre. And on the third day on, on, the, on the way to set, I saw an actual street sign that said Pilgrim's Way. So, like, three signs. That was pretty much it. It was like, the universe is telling me to go and do this thing. <laughs> Got to follow the signs. Um... And when I did get to know you on the, the on the filming of Marengo, you were very kind of open about maybe some of your struggles and some of the things that you were having to deal with that maybe other people didn't deal with. And mm. you, you know, I felt very honoured that you kind of shared with me that, you know, you had ADHD and um, were having to kind of wrestle with that whilst we were filming. For those people that don't know, if you feel comfortable, could you tell us a bit about, what ADHD is and, and how you came to know that that is something that you have? Uh, but I, I was diagnosed late uh, at 43 um, and I always felt for some reason different. I always felt something was not right and I got diagnosed um, about 10 years before that, maybe a long time before that, um, with mild Tourette syndrome. So occasionally when I get too stressed uh, then I start ticking and twitching and a lot of in on Marengo just basically if I'm really tired, um, if I'm stressed out, if there's too much sort of visual or um, audio stimulation, then my brain kind of just goes into overdrive and I can't focus at all. And so because there's an awful lot of like thoughts happening very quickly in my head all the time from the moment I wake up from the, till the moment I go to sleep. Uh, so it, it interrupts a lot of different things. Everything basically in my life, it's impacted every single aspect of my life for learn so i didn't know that i had a learning difficulty because of the adhd and i'd put in more effort at school than, than the majority of my friends and they'd all get better grades and i would and i'd be spending hours and hours revising but that 
sort of all, all the information just didn't stick but I understood that during the lesson and then I go home and it'd be gone so there's things like that uh, it, it just it's it's it makes life very difficult so when you're in when we were doing boot camp for for this film and you're having to learn a set of steps to learn how to to march for example for most people it's straightforward you're basically just one two three for me I have to do it again and again and again and again and again until it's I don't I'm not even thinking about it um it's that side of ADHD, which is, is a difficult thing to manage. But even now, I've forgotten the question. <laughs> just for people who are listening, just to give a bit more um, clarity, Marengo, I think it was the working title for Ridley Scott's mm-hmm. new film about Napoleon, where yes. myself and Stuart dressed up as revolutionary guards and went to a, a pre-filming boot camp for two weeks where we were shouted at and taught to march up and down with rifles mm. and moaned at when the rifles got too heavy and the costumes were too itchy. So <laughs> taking all that on board, did that make you think twice about potentially walking a Camino? Did it make you worried about the communal aspects perhaps or other aspects that maybe I've not thought about of the Camino? Mm. I was, I was petrified to be honest from, um, it's this I really wanted to go and do it I had this feeling that it's something that I have to do and if I don't do it then I will regret for the rest of my life not doing it and it will keep bothering me until I go and do it and um so but I was worried about going to albergues and my for me my my worries became true there was it was but it was something that I had to learn to deal with um, because I was worried about meeting new people. So basically, I worried about meeting new people uh, and about having a meal and everybody talking at the same time, because that's quite a difficult thing um, with having attention deficit disorder. It's not about necessarily about volume. It's about too many things coming at me at the same time, and I can't concert. Basically, my brain is trying to con- concentrate on the conversation that I'm having with the person who's talking to me, but there's also there's no filter, so I can't differentiate between our conversation and the conversation which is happening with this person and that person and the thing that that they're saying. So I'm trying to con- So my brain's trying to take in everything all at the same time. I'm so worried about being overwhelmed by that on a daily basis. Um, but I found out it was a chance to decompress while doing the walking. So it was interesting that I kind of, after the having those really intense things and then also not getting enough sleep because apart with the ADHD, actually one of the most important things is trying to get as much sleep as possible. In an albergues with people snoring, <laughs> it's not very possible. So as time went on, I kind of got a little bit more and more crackers. <laughs> <laughs> the freedom that that sort of being able to just be entirely myself, which I don't get in 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 real in real life, I suppose when I'm when I'm not on Camino, because um, I have to mask on a daily basis to present mm-hmm. to the world like I'm neurotypical, um, because that's the only way that you can get on, make money, be a part of the system, and it's exhausting. But on the Camino, you can just entirely, for me, I could entirely be me and also just tell people, go, look, if I'm starting to get a bit weird, it's because I've got ADHD and it's because I've got Tourette's syndrome. If I start ticking, it's because 
everything is just a bit too much and people are on the on the on the Camino was so understanding uh and so and, and I met this guy called Andre um and he, he became like my bodyguard sort of and he really kind of protected me um for for all so basically like Stu you need to go sleep go to go you need to go now stop drinking go away <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's so the Camino for me provided everything that I needed, it, but and, and also an awful lot of stuff which um, I didn't want. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you about kind of the, the, the tangible benefits of walking and coming in, but it, it feels like that you've kind of dipped into those about kind of acceptance, about not having to have that mask on that you do in everyday society. Are there any other things that maybe you haven't thought about that are benefits for, for people who, apologies if I, I word this incorrectly, who are neurodivergent? That's perfect. Um, well, one of the benefits I found from it, which I didn't understand until I'd walked the Camino, was that to manage ADHD better, you should get exercise on a daily basis. Uh, and that helps, So, because I don't, I don't medicate I purpose, because of my job as a, a singer-songwriter and a musician and an artist, the ADHD is a very important part of um, of my creative process. Um, but it's, it's it's a double-edged sword because it's exhausting, but it's, it's it's just something which I need to to make my artwork and it's something I need to to be able to tap into something that most people don't have access to. Um, but on Camino, uh, damn, what was the question again? <laughs> just about are there any other. I've got, I've got it. Yeah. Uh, so the benefit, I have to to regulate my dopamine properly. And so that's the problem with a lot of ADHD is basically it's not that we don't have enough dopamine; it's that our the receptors in our brain don't regulate dopamine efficiently. So the regular exercise on a daily basis keeps it regulated, keeps the dopamine on a on a on a good level. Um, but sometimes you can push it too far. Sometimes you're not doing enough. And like recently, I've had this. Um, had COVID, and also I had. I was walking the dog and trying to keep my 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 daily walk up, because I wasn't doing it before the Camino. But in the run up to doing the Camino, I did um, lots of training, and and all of a sudden my symptoms were getting better, and I was dealing with my ADHD better. And I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." So um, I wasn't expecting it to to have this effect. Uh, and then on Camino. As like I said, I got a little if with the lack of sleep, things started getting a little, a little bit more crazy, so to speak. But also, the the exercise in itself was helping me deal with that craziness a little bit better, a little bit more. Um, I was just able to accept who I am because of it. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, I mean, myself, I, I, I've had anxiety on and off for, for quite a, a long period of time. And I remember recently when I walked the Camino Town, and after a couple of hours of a long slog up this kind of never-ending hill, I just felt this internal calmness. And I was like, mm. wow, if, if every day could be this calm and quiet in me, this is, well, this is amazing. And this is why I walk kind of Caminos, obviously of the community aspect, but that kind of perpetual motion throughout your day, to kind of putting in four to six to seven to eight hours walking every day. It just, I don't know, it just, it clears, it, it clears the cupboards out. It just blows the cobwebs out and makes me feel amazing. Yeah. 
absolutely. And I was walking, I can't. Like I always forgot the names of the places as part of the ADHD thing, so I'd make up names. Like I was talking to somebody, it might be a mutual pilgrim actually, um, who you might be put me in touch with, and they're walking at the moment. Um, and oh, she's, really? Yes. Yeah. Um, and she's in, as I recall, she's in Hannah Montana. <laughs> but um, Montana's, yeah. That's the one. Um, and it, that side of things always just amused me. But what was the what was the question? You were saying that Wendy had mentioned something as well, maybe about anxiety and walking. Yeah. So I was walking up some mountain towards somewhere, and I couldn't remember the name of the place. And I had this moment. There's a couple of movies which I've watched, which is The Way, and this German one, which um, Andrea put me on to. Um, it's about a comedian. It's really, really good. Yeah, I've read um, the book. Yeah, it, that's the, it's the same guy. Um, I'll come back to that. And I was at the top of this mountain, and there was nobody in front of me, and there was nobody behind me. And I just had this absolute moment of calm where I was like, oh, I've kind of felt like I've been waiting for this moment. And because my mind never, ever shuts up, it, it's a constant inner dialogue. Um, and for the for, for about it was 30 seconds, it was, it felt like it went really quickly, but it was that one of those, I don't know if you've ever had like a car accident where, or, or so something quite, traumatic things slow down and time becomes like almost non-existent and it's that uh, it's like so what could be really really like, seconds can seem like months <laughs> and it's just that wow well time doesn't exist and i was at the top of the, mon- the mountain and all of a sudden just that feeling of calm i was like i wish i had this all of the time but i know that i don't have it so that but they said there could be something to do with the walking that like you say in that constant motion that all of a sudden your brain just goes, this is how it should feel. This is how life should be. This, this is perfect. Um, and everything else is nonsense. It's addictive. And, you know, that's why I go back. And I think a lot of other, there are obviously other aspects like community and mm. the, the kind of low cost of it, but to, to have that, to, if you could bottle that up and, and sell it, I suppose it's, it's similar in a less, sweaty way unless you're walking in the summer to the runners high that people mm. are pushing themselves but it's just that the risk of sounding a bit like a hippie it's that nirvana spot that you yeah. hit and it's just ah oh, like a hot relaxing bath but you've got yeah. all your clothes on <laughs> uh, uh, some of the research around exercise and all that sort of stuff it could be i don't i don't i'm not a scientist so i don't know but it could be the fact that when you're doing that, when you've got adrenaline releasing, then um, and your, your dopamine's regulating and you've got serotonin, then you could hit a part of your brain um, which releases dimethyltryptamine, which is basically DMT, um, which is in the pineal gland of your brain. So if you if you say if you're up a mountain and you've got a lot less oxygen and you've been pushing yourself hard all day, you could be releasing dimethyltryptamine, which you can do through breathing methods as well. Um, or taking magic mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. And again, I'm not a scientist, but I read, well, I think I listened to a podcast recently and they said NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is about mm. rapid eye movement. They said that walking sometimes actually creates an NLP-like state because you are looking ahead, you're looking down, you're looking left, you're looking right. So your eyes are making some of those NLP yeah. moves. But again, I've probably run roughshod over that that kind of experiment but that that's that's what i've heard so to kind of move forward so if there is someone listening or watching that 
has ADHD or is neurodivergent in, in some other way, what advice would you give to them if they wanted to walk a Camino, if, if they maybe have those reservations? What, what if anything, could you say to, to maybe help them? The thing that first came, when you mentioned that, the first thing that came to mind was be brave. That's the, the most difficult thing is that you've got to um, just reach down into yourself. And because the difficult thing, one of the difficult things with ADHD is that we crave routine, but the moment we get routine, it becomes too much. And then you don't, you no longer have the dopamine. But what I like about the Camino uh, and also the aspects of what we do as a job um, acting wise is it changes on a daily basis so you've so you actually have a routine this is so so, so some advice i can give is the fact that be reassured that you ha- you will have some sort of routine but it'll be different every single day so there'll be enough um fun things for your brain to be stimulated by um and interesting people to meet and things to see and things to do that you'll be stimulated enough to to actually want to keep going um it's and that yeah it just you you will have no option to, to kind of to be stimulated by it because there's the it's constant and there's and if you keep walking things will keep changing the moment you stop and you and then it'll stay the same for a bit and it, it's just about regulating it and for one of the things which i have i do on a daily basis to help regulate my stuff is i do the trans i do transcendental meditation twice a day and the Wim Hof method, which is a breathing technique. Um, so some of the, and you can also find spaces for yourself on the Camino when you walk and you don't always have to be with people all the time. Yeah. And it's, um, it's that side of things, which is also helpful. So you can you'll arrange to meet somebody who you meet along the way. Um, like with me and Andrea and Marta um, and Rebecca, we always sort of, we say, oh, I might see you down at this albergue, I'll see you, I'll catch you later. I just need a bit of space. Um, and people are great like that on the Camino. And so people need to be, ADHDs need to be reassured um, that people are, will not generally get in your face and you can just tell people, just I just need a moment, it's fine. Uh, and unlike real life, people are understanding because the in the same everybody's in the same boat we're all kind of doing the same thing and they also in generally neurodivergence is much more talked about these days um so there's there's, there's an awful lot of um resources that people can go and sort of find out stuff about um but i can't speak for other the other side of neurodivergence because autism is quite different to adhd it's part of the same spectrum um but it is different. So autistic people will have different needs to ADHDs. Um, I only say that because I've got um, the members of my family who are, who are autistic as well. And that again is a massive spectrum. Um, so it'd be interesting to find out if you can find somebody else who's listening to your podcast or watching your podcast as well um, to get an autistic point of view, because there will be other like, autistic people and generally autistic and ADHDs uh, <laughs> will gravitate towards each other but I, I found one guy on the Camino those were, um the universe put us together and he also had ADHD because we just started talking and said, oh, I'm sorry I've got ADHD and he's like so do I and the mm-hmm. moment we found out we unmasked and we had the it was honestly one of the best nights of my entire Camino because we we 
just bounced off each other constantly. And you could see, although they're neurotypical, people sitting around the table going, oh, God, there's two of them now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You also mentioned about sleep being a very important part. So would you... I know that may affect people's budgets because mm-hmm. sleeping in a dorm to a private room is a lot more expensive. But is that something that you would kind of recommend as well to have private rooms? Balance it out. And then depends on where you're, you're, you're level. It's about your budget, like you say. Um, and when things got a bit too much for me, um, I would go and have a private room with, with Andre because um, that shared the cost. So if you can find a friend, on the Camino who helps sort of balance the cost out. I was really lucky in the sense that I met somebody who I got on like a house of fight, even though he snores really badly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to take the rough and the smooth. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I could, once, one snorer or an entire room full of snorers, I can deal with, and I trust this guy and I like his company and uh, all that sort of stuff. So, and it was, yeah. And, and he even said to me, look, you snore too. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, it's just one of their things. Um, but there are, so there were a couple of occasions. There was a, an occasion actually in Santiago where I was like, right, it's the end of the journey. And I, there's a, um, a monastery and you can book a sole room to yourself. And it was only like 15 euros for, for one night. Um, and it was the end of the journey. And I was like, great. Like the one I, on the, the outskirts of town. Yeah, that's the one. I love that yeah. place. It's great. It's so relaxing. It's, there's no, there's nothing. They've still got Wi-Fi as well. Um, and it was just, it was wonderful because you can have that moment of solitude and you can sleep in a room and you can just recharge your batteries without anybody being around. So, yeah, try and put it into your budget for those emergency days when you just, just need some alone time without anybody, if you can just... So, I would say, but out of... Out of because I walked for seven weeks in two days, hmm. and out of those out of those seven weeks, I probably needed four to five days alone time, and so it it wasn't a lot, uh, but that's on an individual basis. And you can, it's more much more scary going than it is when you're there. It's a kind of get into it. That's the yeah, that's no. the hard. Yeah. I often talk to new pilgrims and before they go, and I see a lot of myself in that. I still get nervous before I go now. And that first night, I often book a private room just because I can get my stuff ready, I can collect my thoughts, I can get a good night's sleep. And then I know, even if I wake up anxious, as soon as I start walking, as you know, half an hour, an hour in, that anxiety just burns off. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm back to myself again now. It's interesting on the, my, my first day on the Camino, just within, like I said, within half an hour. It's just, and I'd never done a Camino before as, as an absolute newbie. It was just like, oh, this is what it is. And then, and, since, and interestingly, and then on that first day, it's those people who I'm still in touch with from the first day of walking. Because um, I, was, I, was, I was walking very contemplatively. contemplatively um, and I was using my walk at that point to calm my anxiety down and to calm my breathing down. And, and um, I met a guy called Tim and his friend Bruce and Tim's got a back problem. So he's like, you're walking slower than me. And I'm like, yeah, this is a meditation. <laughs> it's like, it'll take the time, but it'll take it. And, and for my first day, I decided just to go to Orison where it's like, it's a short walk. And that was like a decompression and kind of just get used to the idea that I'm here. So 
mentally my first day wasn't until I got to Orison and then that's for me when the, the walking really began and mm. then so then it got to run Tobias and the the story of the hat and uh, that's how and because I started basically I met Andrea in Orison at the at the there's only the one place in Orison isn't there and in there you have this big communal meal and as a, that was the day I met Andrea and I met Debbie uh, and I met Tim and Bruce uh, and all these people uh, and they're the ones who've managed sort of pretty, pretty much to to stay with me to this day and tomorrow I'm off to Germany to catch up with my Camino family so this is um, it's going to be it, basically all the German part of the family which was most of them for some reason um just just for kind of for help for referencing for people this may only be kind of applicable for people in the United Kingdom but can I ask just kind of briefly how you were diagnosed how you were diagnosed how did they know to diagnose you was that something that you chased from kind of googling or did you um it started off as from tiktok weirdly because i just saw like there's just random videos kept popping up i don't do tiktok anymore because it was just it's uh it's a very consuming thing and now i know why it's because of the adhd it's <laughs> dopamine hooray um so i saw some videos on tiktok and I went, that's a bit odd because I do all of those things. That's uh, it's a bit weird. And then I came across one which was by a doctor, um, or some sort of psychiatrist, and said if you're having problems with it, go to add.com and fill in this up and fill in this form. Take this questionnaire um, if you're interested. So I took the questionnaire and I got 100%. But oh god, that's not. And so <laughs> and at the end of it, it says um, this isn't. To, this does not confirm a diagnosis. You should go and speak to your doctor if you wish to. And I went, okay, that's interesting. I spoke to my partner, and then I went and he said, "Well, if you think it's going to make you feel better for any reason, um, you should do it." So I talked to the doctor, and this is the way I think personally that a diagnosis should go, um, because there's an awful lot of there's a panorama program about two or three weeks ago, which is a bit controversial. Um, so basically, the problem with the NHS is that there's not enough funding, there's not enough money go in, there's an awful lot of um, diagnoses which are happening privately. So people are going, I can't wait five years for a diagnosis. It depends on where you are in the country. I was lucky, the fact that I've got a residence in Cumbria, and there's a lot less people applying um, for diagnosis in Cumbria. I think it's something to do with it, something sociologically, um, it's a it's a weird thing because basically down south people are much more open to interpreting issues. I'm not going to call them problems uh, or struggles um, because I've got an issue with that. Um, but up north, there's a much more kind of get get on with it type of thing. <laughs> I'm a bloke. I'm doing and and the men are blokes as well. <laughs> it's it's grr, tough. Just wipe it off and carry on, sort of thing. Um, but I've been down set for quite a while. <laughs> uh, so I went to the doctor and I said, this could be a problem. Uh, and she said, I'll get back to you. I will look up what I need to do. And and they went through a whole bunch of questionnaires. But that was just the doctor. And then the doctor said, it's looking very likely. I will get you in touch with Psychiatry UK and they will go through their process. And so their process is um, you, you get a date fixed 
uh, and then you miss the first appointment because you have ADHD. <laughs> first box ticked. And eventually you got around to kind of locally getting another appointment. And then they go through questionnaire after questionnaire. And then your partner fills in a questionnaire as well. And it, and it should take months for it to get a real diagnosis because it's quite a, it's an in-depth thing. It shouldn't be done. So, it shouldn't be something that's just diagnosed in 20 minutes from a quick ticky box thing. And a lot of these private companies basically are just taking 600 to a thousand pounds off of people to, um, to get diagnosed in 20 minutes. And that doesn't really prove that you have got ADHD. So it's a, it's a very difficult and very long thing and it should be taken very seriously because there are neurotypical people who are getting misdiagnosed and given very strong drugs. Like basically what need, what people take is generally amphetamine. Um, and that, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it helps regulate things for, for me. I know when I'm, I, I perform on stage quite often with my band Hayden's Union and I'm by myself and also a bit stand up comedy. Um, and I MC at festivals and when I'm on stage, I'm calm. I'm the calmest that I've, I, I am. When I meet people face to face, I get really anxious. It's and it's basically the opposite of how things should be. Um, what those drugs do is bring it up on a to where I would be on when I'm on stage. So people take the drugs on a daily basis to feel like that. So if a neurotypical person is getting given speed on a daily basis, that's going to be really messing with their brains, and it's. And it's not a short diagnosis. It's, it's not a short-term term solution. It's something that people have to take every single day. Mm. Um, and so that so there, there are big issues around that. So if you're going to go and get a diagnosis, you have to be patient. And I know I understand the problems with it because your house can be a mess. You can miss appointments all the time. There's a thing called like the ADHD tax. Um, so basically you end up paying double because you end up forgetting to pay bills on time. So then companies will come chasing for you for, for the for, for things which you haven't paid be, not because you don't want to because you've forgotten that it's there because you're not getting your brain's not regulating the thing because it doesn't give you the dopamine so it gets put on the back burner you all get to it so what the diagnosis can help with in the end is you can either get given um money for drugs or they can help provide applying for money for um, an ADHD coach. Uh, so an ADHD coach can teach you ways to deal with the ADHD better. So it's, it's not basically, it's, it's not somebody goes, here's a, here's a planner, doesn't work. The wall planner is, is not the answer. Um, and I still struggle with it on a, on a daily basis. I mean, it's taken us four or five attempts just to get this interview done. Um, <laughs> So it's it's a it's a very and it's a, that there's a there's a reason these are the reasons why it's classed as a disability, uh, and it's very and I'm still kind of coming to the terms of the fact that I was brought up in a household where my dad worked with children with dis, with disabilities. Uh, it was he was a residential childcare officer, and I was going to these um, get-togethers on a, on a Thursday night. And I was actually finding myself much more comfortable in the company of disabled children than I was with neurotypical and, and um, so-called normal children. And it was never picked up on. It was never seen as like, well, oh, it's just a kid having fun and, and he's just very um, emp empathic, or empathetic. And 
having this late diagnosis, it's it's just it's really interesting to kind of go, wow, I have to really readdress my entire life. Mm-hmm. And it's a process of grieving the person who you you're told who you should be growing up to the person who you go, no, that's not who who you wanted me to be, who society was telling me that I should be. So I had this coming from all directions. It wasn't just to do with ADHD, it was to do with my sexuality. I was brought up a Catholic. It just goes on and on and on. And bringing it back to the Camino, it was a really good way to deal with the grief. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to walk the Camino. It was like I needed space after my diagnosis to deal with everything that I've been through up to that point to deal with the fact that one, I'm a gay man, two, that I'm neurodivergent. And um, if I hadn't been, then maybe I, I could have been successful in my, financially successful in my career as a musician, if I was able to sort of to stick to being in this band or any sort of job. Um, so, because uh, you end up having ADHD, you flip from job to job to job, because after a while, you, once you've learned what you need to do, it becomes actually kind of painful psychologically for example i used to work for a shop called divertimenti in uh, in in london just down the road from harrods and within a week of doing the job i was crying on the way to the tube because i just knew that the day was going to feel like forever and i was like this is my and it feels like so you have basically end up having emotional dysregulation as part of the adhd thing is that what would seem like a small problem to a neurotypical person is huge uh, to, to somebody who's um, neurodivergent. Yeah. To be fair, so, I mean, I, I feel like crying every day. I have to go into work. but I Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, not to, to lessen. ADD. Check out ADD.com. <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably like, need a new job, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could help as well. Sorry to, to stop you mid-flow there. That's all right. I, I, it's part, part of the thing. I can gabble on for hours. So, yeah. And that's where it'll go. So, so ADHD, ADHD stories will start one point and then go there and every, everywhere, which way but loose. I'm aware that we've only got a couple of minutes left. Yeah. Just before we go, could you recommend if anyone hasn't been diagnosed and would like to know more, do you have any websites, books, or people that you could recommend that they follow? Yeah, there's a... Um, ADD.com is a really ADD, good place. So ADD, two Ds, is it? Yeah. So basically, ADHD, uh, it, it was attention deficit disorder, but now that doesn't really exist clinically anymore. It's Everything is classed as ADHD now, So, but that website registered a long time ago. So ADD.com, oh, there's a guy called Connor on Instagram. He's brilliant. Uh, he, make, he kind of uh, he's funny, but he's really good. I can't remember his surname. Um, you maybe uh, send me that link, and I'll, I'll put yeah. it in the, the show notes. Absolutely, and I would for anybody who generally check out Transcendental Meditation. It's great for everybody if you've got anxiety, anything at all around sort of neurodivergence. Learning to even. If you feel like you're not doing very well at it, it's not the point. The fact that you got a, a, it's a regular thing that you can go to every day, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening, and it helps give you some sort of structure that's really good. Uh, anybody who's dealing with addiction issues, which can come up 
during ADHD because we end up coping in very unhealthy ways. Uh, check out the book Recovery by Russell Brand. It's really, really, that's great. That was very helpful. And the Wim Hof method is just wonderful because that helps release dopamine and serotonin. And it's really easy to do. Cold showers and a breathing technique. So these are things which I use on a daily basis. Um, right. Those help. Thank you so much for coming on to kind of Camino Hacks and Tips maiden voyage into the uh, the, the podcast world. Um, I've learned a hell of a lot and um, yeah, it's, it's a journey I think I, I want to carry on and, and learn more of and hopefully over time I can get to speak to more people and help help other people out there who are maybe going through these things. So thanks Stu for, for taking the time to talk to me today. It's a pleasure and you're my first Camino angel so you, <laughs> you helped me go on the path so I, I, I'm indebted, indebted to you for the rest of my life so thank you. Oh, you. honestly, there is no debt there. And if I'd happily talk to anyone and everyone who wants to go to the Camino and I love helping people because I know what a benefit it was to me. So thank you. Buen Camino. Buen Camino, brother. Mm-hmm.